You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Come to your comfortable seated position as we begin this mental practice. Close your eyes and bring your hands in prayer position. We'll initiate the practice with the sound OM. A long deep inhale. As you exhale, rest your hands down to any comfortable position. And we begin with awareness of the breath. Notice your breath. Allow the awareness of the sensation of breath moving in, breath moving out, to call your mind into presence. Notice the exact points of contact that your breath makes with the body. And then follow the breath for the entire length of the inhalation and the entire length of the exhalation. Being careful now as we cultivate the pure quality of mindfulness, not to control, manipulate, or force the breath in any measure, but simply to be aware of the breath as it moves in, breath as it moves out. And again, follow the breath for the entire length of the inhalation and follow the breath for the entire length of the exhalation. If your mind seems to get distracted, while you're bringing your attention to the breath. Just observe whenever the mind has gone away and then come back to the breath. And if it's still very difficult to concentrate on the breath, try saying in as you breathe in, out as you breathe out, in as you breathe in, out as you breathe out, in, out, in, out. Keeping the mind quietly focused, aware. If it's helpful for you, you can choose a resting point that's a smaller area of attention for you to focus in on the breath. For example, you might choose to draw your attention inside the nostrils, along the upper lip, around the rim of the nostrils and inside the nose.
Breath moving in, breath moving out, making contact with this small area of attention. Follow the breath for the entire length of the inhalation, the entire length of the exhalation. Notice all the qualities of the breath so you become mindful and aware. Breath is warm, breath is cool, deep or shallow. Right side, left side, equal, unequal, whatever you feel. Just allow yourself to be aware of all of the sensations that come online as you gently focus in on the breath, breath as breath. After a few moments of simple breath awareness, you'll notice that the mind seems to calm down even if just a little. Now dive in a little bit deeper and feel your body, allowing yourself to tune into body as body. Notice whatever sensations seem to arise in the field of the body. Perhaps you feel sensations on the fingers, toes, hands and feet, perhaps you feel vibration somewhere on the skin, or perhaps your muscles are sore from doing yoga practice recently. Notice what you feel in the body, warm, cool, energized, tired. Just notice what you feel, notice what you feel. And perhaps it's possible to be aware of the whole body, holding all the sensations that you feel, whether positive, negative, or neutral, just holding those in an open field of awareness, feeling the skin, and the space underneath the skin, even the space around the body, a little bit beyond the skin, so that you can tune into the entire body, physical body, the body of energy. Notice what you feel. And then gently drop the mind into awareness of mind itself, mind as mind. So that you can be aware of what you're thinking, thoughts as thoughts, emotions as emotions. 
If there's a strong emotion that seems to arise, a thought wave that seems to be very strong and worked into its groove, even repetitive, simply observing it seems to disarm that thought and lessen the poignancy of the emotion. So observe what you feel physically, what you experience mentally and emotionally, and of course, the anchor of the breath. Allow yourself to be simultaneously aware of these three points of mindfulness, breath as breath, body as body, mind as mind. And now having reached a few steps deeper down underneath the casual frequency of thoughts, we begin to reach a stage of awareness, a stage of consciousness, a stage of our own brainwave frequency that allows you to plant the seeds of metta. So bring your attention to your heart center. And using the same three points of mindfulness, bring your attention to your heart. Feel your breath at the level of the heart. Breath moving in, breath moving out at the level of the heart. Feel your mind and your emotions. Where does your mind and emotions go the moment you take your attention to the heart and breathe in and out? Feel your body at the level of the heart, what seems to be present physically, energetically at the level of the heart. We begin planting the seeds of metta with the frequency of gratitude, thankfulness, thanksgiving. In the channel of the heart, think of and call to memory one experience in your life, something you have experienced, whether currently or in the past, that you're truly grateful for. Whatever that is, just take a moment and really call up Whatever that is, if it's something present, no matter how small it is, it could be a flower, it could be a friend, 
It could be the blue sky. It could be this meditation. It could be a fruit or a tree. It could be a loved one, a cherished pet. Or it could be some wonderful experience that was just a highlight in your life, a peak that you look back on and say, I'm so grateful for this. It was such a good time. I'm so grateful for this. It was so rewarding and fulfilling. And just hold that frequency of gratitude in your heart for a moment. And every breath in, every breath out, just feel the cycle through the heart. Even if it feels strange to be reaching for gratitude, even if it feels like a far reach, or even if you feel like the thing you have to be grateful for is so small, too small, it's okay. It's okay. Gratitude is a form of worship. Gratitude is a form of thanksgiving, of true worship, of prayer. So allow yourself to honor every small blessing, every large blessing. But for now, find that one thing that you can say, I'm so grateful for this. No matter how small it is, it's a channel that it opens you up to the frequency of worship, of grace, and of prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are here today because a lineage of teachers has come before us. Understand that this meditation that I'm sharing with you now that gives us this great benefit that we're sharing comes not from me, but has been passed on through a lineage of teachers and practitioners on whose shoulders we stand. So now in your heart, offer your gratitude to the lineage of teachers who have lived their lives in service of this spiritual path. So to your teacher, to your teacher's teacher, to the lineage of teachers, those whom are known, those whom are unknown, those whose stories we have today and those whose stories we do not have, those whom have lit the path with grace and integrity and those whom have stumbled and fallen along the way. We are here today because of all of their work, their dedication, and we have benefited from all of their faults and mistakes. So let us turn towards the past and honor all of our teachers and our teachers' teachers and the lineage of the spiritual path. Gratitude, thank you. Thank you to my teacher. Thank you to my teachers. Thank you to my teachers' teachers. Thank you to all the teachers of the spiritual path. No matter what spiritual tradition, what religion, I humbly bow down and offer you my thanksgiving, my respect, and my love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever benefit I have received from the gifts of the spiritual path, I owe you a debt and I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now we feel our connection through the level of the heart. Feel your presence, the presence of all your fellow meditators, everyone sitting together now. 
And feel that open-hearted vibration of gratitude. Feel the breath moving in, breath moving out at the level of the heart. Feel your connection to the real living beings who are sharing space with you now. Thank you. Thank you to each and every one of us who's together now. We are friends, friends along the path, walking together. Our light joins together and grows stronger. Thank you. Thank you for showing up and putting in the work. Thank you for holding space together. Thank you for being here together now. Thank you for the work you've put in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Expand your heart now, holding that vibration of gratitude outward. Feel the city that you're in now and appreciate one thing, at least one thing that you are grateful for or thankful for about the city that you currently find yourself in. It might be the weather today, it might be the air, it might be the nature, it might be the place where you reside, your apartment or house or living arrangement. It might be proximity to other things that you love or a good restaurant that you love to visit or a sense of community. Whatever it is, find at least one thing that you can latch on to where you can say, I love this about this city I'm in right now. There may be more than one thing. If you find numerous things that seem to bubble up to the surface, well, let that come. Now feeling the vibration through the level of the heart. Expand even more outward and be aware of the entire world. Sometimes to tune into the world can be overwhelming, but for right now, move into gratitude. One thing you're grateful for about the whole world, it could be plants, the blades of grass, could be trees and forests. It could be beaches and oceans or mountain tops. It could be living beings, perhaps pets and dogs and cats, perhaps birds or clouds, sky, perhaps the earth itself, perhaps even other human beings, those whom you may never know, but whose lives touch you somehow deeply. Now, as you move into this space of gratitude, embracing the different layers of consciousness, sending out gratitude towards yourself, 
towards the beings and the atmosphere of your city and your world, sending and recognizing gratitude towards those who have come before us. Now receive, open the channel both ways so that instead of only sending out, receive. Receive every thank you that anyone has ever spoken over you, receive. Every word spoken in praise over you, every thought of goodness held in your own mind, receive. I am good, I'm okay, I am good, I'm okay. I receive, I receive, I receive. Every thank you that you've brushed off in the past and disregarded, receive it now, let it fill you up. See the good that you have done in the world by receiving gratitude back, by receiving appreciation back and feel the open exchange at the heart center in the simple embodied awareness of inhalation and exhalation, understanding that you don't need to force, you can just be there, breath moving in, the ultimate receptivity, the ultimate gift, breath moving out, the ultimate act of surrender and giving, true giving, two sides of the same, experience, knit together by the thread of consciousness, creating the experience of wholeness. You are that experience of wholeness. So keep the attention at the level of the heart. Be aware of the body at the level of the heart. And the space around the body at the level of the heart. and sit whole and complete at that unique intersection of inhalation and exhalation between the physical and the spiritual, between the manifest and the unmanifest. Now as we reach that place of wholeness, the magical spark of creation, life itself sits within you. Perhaps now there is a difficult life circumstance, something that you have a hard time feeling anything but annoyed about. That should be relatively easy for us to tap into. There may be many, but please for right now, just pick one. One thing, that you can immediately call up to mind that seems to be irritating. Then hold that in the heart space for a moment. Recognize the pain and the woundedness 
around whatever is the annoyance. Recognize the feeling of irritation, perhaps even the feeling of failure. And let that in. That's the old story. Feeling yourself whole. There is no need to run away. Instead, now, including the woundedness and brokenheartedness, including all those feelings we normally stuff down and run away from, allow yourself to move into a vision, into a feeling, as though this situation has worked itself out. So for a moment here in the heart space, perhaps hold a vision, perhaps feel your way into the feeling of this problem resolving itself, this situation clearing up. Don't focus on what actions need to be taken. Instead, just simply feel your way into an image, a feeling, or maybe even a knowingness or a phrase. And let the phrase be, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for this experience. Thank you for the resolution. Thank you that this whole situation has been resolved. I feel so light, so free. I feel so successful. Even if it feels strange to be reaching for it, allow yourself to build in the emotions of gratitude around the problem so that you put in a little bit more energy towards that positive vision of the future and a little bit less energy into ruminating on the past. Even if it feels like something miraculous and unattainable, reach for it. Paint a new picture. Stay for a moment there in the channel of the heart. Perhaps you can see yourself feeling like a success. Perhaps you can feel a great burden relieved off of your shoulders. Or perhaps it's a health issue and you can simply feel yourself re-energized, healed, vibrant, filled with energy. Take a few more moments and really get meshed into the emotion, thought, and embodiment of the gratitude of resolution, the gratitude of fruition, accomplishment, perseverance, and healing. Then in the channel of the heart, recognize that every being struggles with the same feelings of frustration, annoyance, irritation. Every being falls out of gratitude. So in the channel of the heart, extend the same feeling of gratitude towards every living being. May all beings find their way out of suffering 
into the vibration of gratitude and appreciation. May all beings give freely, receive freely. May all beings be filled with love. May all beings give love freely. May all beings be kind and support one another. May all beings rest in gratitude, mutual respect and love, real love. Gently bring your hands together at the level of the heart. As you exhale, softly rest your hands down and you can begin to open the eyes. The eyes haven't been opened yet. And you can slowly change your posture if you'd like, particularly if your feet have fallen asleep. You may want to just shift the position a little bit and kind of wake up those tired feet. Sometimes after I meditate, I feel really sleepy or just really, really relaxed. So if you want to lie down, you're most welcome to. When you can plant the seeds of gratitude in multiple directions, when you can be grateful for yourself and you can be grateful for what others have given to you. And then when you can receive the gratitude that other people express towards you, then you have a well-functioning kind of energy system. But when one aspect of that is blocked, then there are kind of blockages in the energy system, kind of like the flow of energies, like a river that runs through you and me and every living being and perhaps the entire universe. When there's a blockage of energy, then we become a little bit distorted and imbalanced and we can experience those imbalances physically, emotionally, mentally. And we can also see those imbalances reflected back in the mirror of our life. Well, if we're unable to move into kind of a freely flowing exchange where we are not able to express or receive that flow of gratitude, which is really the flow of love and appreciation, then the energy being that we are begins to be imbalanced. And I usually find that sometimes it's really hard for some people to say thank you to others, you know, particularly if we have to think about the debt that we owe to perhaps beings that have come before us, whether that's, you know, the lineage of teachers and the spiritual path, or whether that's, you know, the work that of our elders or our ancestors within a community, or the work of, you know, any, any being on whose shoulders we stand. Sometimes particularly people who like to think of themselves as kind of self-made individuals, you know, I did this all myself, this is just me, 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 they have a very hard time kind of looking back and saying, oh, actually, I am here because I stand on the shoulders of these generations of beings 
who have come before me and their work has put me on a particular place in this path. And that's why I'm able to get this benefit and get that benefit and get this benefit and get that benefit. It's like some people think that by admitting that they have received something, then it takes away the, you know, validation of the work that they've put in. I don't think it couldn't be further from the truth, you know, to acknowledge where you start, whatever journey it is that you're on based on, you know, what circumstances have led you to that particular moment it takes nothing away from what you've done with what you've received. Instead, it's kind of the other way. I think it shows, again, great humility to take a moment and honor the, the beings that have come before us. Well, if the, the, the energy being that you are is unable to pay that small amount of gratitude to the beings that have come before you on whose shoulders you stand, there's a blockage in your energy system. That blockage can end up manifesting as narcissism, as you know, an ego-driven personality, as someone who believes in this myth of being entirely self-made and existing in a vacuum, thinking that they've done everything you know, themselves and ending up with um, you know, a, a, a fundamental kind of lack of compassion. The idea saying that, well, I did this entirely on my own. Why can't you? And this sort of separation, this false belief in kind of an individual specialness is a blockage in the, you know, in, this, in the energy being the river of consciousness that each of us sort of is. Not to say that we're not all special. We all don't really have, you know, an immense value to give to the world. We definitely do. But if you think in any moment that you've done it all yourself, then that is kind of a delusion. For example, if we take the spiritual path, here we are in this contemporary age where all it really takes to kind of invent your own meditation technique or style of yoga is to put your phone down and video yourself and then you put something on YouTube and you come up with a name and then you can be out there uh, saying that you invented this on your own. And uh, I experienced this first with many people who said that, who described themselves as being self-taught and they would say things like, I don't have a teacher, I'm self-taught. And, and then my follow-up question, every time someone who particularly sort of presented themselves as a teacher said, I'm entirely self-taught, I came up with this entirely myself. My next question is usually, did you read any books about yoga? I'm like, oh yeah, this book and that book and this book and that book. And I'm like, they're all your teachers. Oh, did you watch any videos? Oh yeah, I watched the, this YouTube channel and I bought these DVDs and you know I, did, I watched all this and I'm like, they're all your teachers. So you don't need to necessarily have you know gone through the mythical you know 10 year relationship of living with a guru and this sort of thing to understand that you still owe a debt to some teachers that have come before you. Whether it's that you got that knowledge from a DVD or a yoga video, or you got that knowledge from a book, it's this, this simple recognition, oh, this person, this, this teacher has really helped me out. This book was there for me in a time when I was searching, provided some knowledge some sustenance for my journey. We are all on the spiritual path on what's called the seeker's journey. And to acknowledge the debt that we pay for those who've come before us is to acknowledge kind of those who provided sustenance for our seeker's journey. Those who have been there as fuel for our spiritual path in times when if we didn't have that resource, that book, that video, that little bit of inspiration, whatever it was, we would have kind of dropped off the path. So it's just a simple recognition and energy exchange backwards. Now, traditionally in the spiritual path, there are all these 
particularly the yoga path with the, the what's called the guru shisha tradition, which is when the yoga teacher is presented as a yoga guru, though beyond the idea of just the teacher, there's the notion that the, the student is a shisha, a disciple, someone who's devoted to the teacher beyond the, the realm of what we understand in kind of contemporary yoga classes. There's a mythical tradition that talks about kind of what the student takes on to express their gratitude for the teaching. And there are all of these crazy, you know, crazy mythological stories about, you know, at the end of the tutelage of the period of tutelage, then the, the shisha or the disciple asks the guru, you know, what is it that I can give to you to show my gratitude for this priceless teaching that you've spent, you know, 10 years pouring into me with all your heart and all your soul? Because in this tradition, the, the student would not have paid anything. They maybe would have even have lived with the teacher in a remote destination somewhere far away. Well, the yoga that I practice and teach called Ashtanga Yoga can trace its lineage back to a Guru Shisha moment when Sri Krishnamacharya asked his teacher, so Sri Krishnamacharya, you know, said I, I said to his teacher, you know, I, I very much want to give you a gift, my teacher, after I think a period of seven years of study with him in a remote cave in the Himalayas. And his teacher said to him, no, no, I want no present from you. It's over now. The time is over. Please go. Don't bring me any gifts. Because some of the gifts that were traditional in this Guru Shisha tradition were, you know, strange and valuable items that would try to express the preciousness of the spiritual path. You can't express how valuable yoga is, you know? So Krishnamacharya's teacher like, I want no present from you. Krishnamacharya was persistent. No, I must give some present to you. Well, his teacher's name was Brahma Mohan Brahmachari, who said to Krishnamacharya, well, if you have to give me a present, do this for me. Take this yoga I have given to you, this sacred teaching I have given to you, and bring it to the world. Far too long has this knowledge been kept secret. So now if you want to do something for me, go out and spread this teaching to the world. So I feel like this is really something really incredible to think about, that that Guru Shisha tradition has given Krishnamacharya the motivation. Maybe he didn't, who knows? Maybe he thought he was going to go also live in a cave somewhere and retire into the world. But his teacher said to him, no, you take this teaching and bring it out into the world. Because of that moment, years ago, over 100 years ago at this point, because of that moment, everybody who practices any of the styles of yoga that can trace their roots back to Krishnamacharya. So we include the Ashtanga yoga path, every vinyasa class, every therapeutics class, yin yoga, Iyengar yoga, restorative yoga, gentle yoga, power yoga, all of these styles of yoga can be traced back to that meeting and that Guru Shisha tradition. And we are here today. So when we say, for example, in some of the traditional prayer opening and closing prayers, you know, Pranamami Patanjali, what we're talking about is thanks for that moment to reflect on the past, understand we don't sit in a vacuum. We are here following these timelines forward and we have stepped onto this path because others have come before us. Not because, you know, we've just been chosen from heaven. You now shall practice yoga. It's not like that. You know, people have been working on this for a long time. And now we're here in this great, great blessing. So that's one way to give. When we understand that sense of giving, we understand all oh, these, some of these yogis have lived their entire lives without anybody knowing about them. Whose name? Rama Mohan Brahmachari. Nobody knew. 
You know, there's no books written by him. There's no statue to Ramamohan Brahmachari anywhere in the world. But how many people, how many millions of people have benefited from the practice of yoga? Oh, these yogis have given their lives, giving and giving and giving with no thought of taking. Now we have something else in the world. That individual who is afraid to give honor to the lineage of yoga, who is afraid to give honor to the lineage of spiritual practitioners become, that individual becomes imbalanced. And the imbalance of ego and narcissism is the personality of taking. So we come to the practice then, if we're not able to give respect and honor the traditions that come before us, then we end up in a situation where we take, we come into the practice and take. We try to let it build our ego up. What can I take? What can I get? And then this is a completely different attitude than yoga. But the problem is not yoga, nor is the problem of, you know, the, the teaching of meditation, the teaching of the spiritual path. The problem is within ourselves. So taking time to balance our energy systems, taking time to understand that giving thanks works both ways. I give thanks to my teachers. Thank my teachers and my teacher's teachers and the long lineage of practitioners who've come before me, every spiritual person that's walked this path. You read the, the teachings of whatever religion you follow, you read the words of the Buddha and you oh, this is wonderful, thanks to the Buddha. You read the teaching of Jesus, beautiful, beautiful teaching, well, thanks to Jesus. You know, if these beings didn't walk the earth, where would we be today? Caught in cycles of suffering, caught in cycles of delusion, far, far away from whatever glimmers of happiness we have felt in our lives. So we take time for that. But then those individuals who are very happy to give thanks to other people, thank you for giving me this, thank you, they give thanks away so easily. Thank you for any small little thing. Thank you for the flower. Thank you for the sky. Thank you for all of this. Some individuals then have the opposite imbalance. Somebody says, oh, thank you to you. Oh, then this person, no, no, don't thank me. No, I'm no one, I'm nothing. No reason to thank me. It comes off, you know, humility. Then there's a point when humility, yes, definitely. I mean, you know, we don't want the thank yous to go too much into the ego, but there's a point when it's almost like if somebody says thank you, you shrug it off because there's such an emptiness within yourself that you have not been able to honor yourself that to even let that one thank you in would be like placing a drop in a such a deep well, so it's overwhelming. So you have to say, oh, no, if I let this one thank you in, then I have to start filling this well of self-deprecation. I have to look at that well of self-loathing and self-hate within myself. No, no, I can't do it. No, no, don't say thanks to me too much. That's what this is about. We cannot receive because we have not loved ourselves. So in order to receive the thank yous from the world around you, you have to be willing to thank yourself. You have to honor the work that you put in, not necessarily achievement-based. Everybody thinks, oh, I need to be a success. I need to be, you know, I'm going to congratulate myself when I, you know, get into Harvard and graduate top of my class or get, you know, a million dollars in my bank account or something like that. But uh, this is all external. External sources of gratitude and self-congratulations fade into a vicious cycle of kind of achievement addiction. There's a kind of adrenaline rush that comes from getting that next big high, 
whether it's a million dollars in the bank or <laughs> be nice to see that one day. <laughs> Many of us are like, maybe a thousand dollars in the bank could be a good start. But when we get there, then we're immediately like, well, where's the next milestone? Where's the next milestone? Where's the next milestone? I want a bigger car. You get the bigger car. Ooh, the neighbor has a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. Then we're on this kind of rat race that just pulls us so far away and we can dump millions of dollars into the vast pit of self-loathing and it will make zero difference. This is the deepest pit that exists within those individuals, those of you who cannot receive the thank yous, the great celebration, appreciation that the world is trying to say to you. No millions and billions of dollars will ever fill that hole that you cannot fill from within yourself. So to take a moment each day and to start small and to just say, here is one thing that I can say thank you for about myself, however small that might be. Then you can start there and say, okay, thank you. Thank you for this one small thing that's in my life that I have done. Thanks for myself. Look, I showed up today, you know, yay for me. Thank you, me, for showing up. If I didn't show up, I couldn't have practiced. Yes, practice was terrible. I don't like my body, all of that. But yes, I showed up. So you can at least go for one small aspect of gratitude about yourself. Then, unfortunately, it takes a little while because that well is empty and deep. If you find yourself unable to receive, if you find that it's difficult to find one thing about yourself or your life that you can be thankful for, you think of yourself as a worthless piece of trash. To change that, it's a huge shift in momentum. You can do it, but it has to be diligent and disciplined like a practice. So you plant one small one small drop of gratitude in that well, and it sits there, and it's lonely at first, and it feels weird, and it feels insincere to look in the mirror and say, hey self, thank you. It feels weird. It feels like this doesn't feel right. That's because it's a, it's a solitary, lonely drop in a long, dark, deep well. So you've got to keep putting drops in every single day, just little by little, little by little, little by little. And just like anything that you practice, it gets easier. And when those drops start to become a mass of water that fills up that well, as soon as it gets filled up, you'll feel full from the inside. And that drop's not lonely anymore. And the shiny top of the water it starts to reflect more the light of the world, more the light that's within you. And then the next time you hear, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up. You can say, yeah, I showed up. Yeah, and you can thank yourself and you can let that in. You don't need to let it be like, now I'm superwoman or superman or super non-gendered hero. Or you can think about, you know, that, that, that just letting that in letting that in, receiving, is such a deep part of that energy exchange that keeps the heart center open. And this is what metta is really about, this cultivating this friendliness. Because we don't want a friend that takes all the time, and we don't want to be the friend that gives all the time. We want an energy exchange that's open and real. And the heart center is that epicenter. The heart is that epicenter of energy exchange of giving and receiving, giving and receiving. And this is probably one of the deepest lessons we can come to in the practice of meditation, the practice of metta, and the spiritual path. So return to this meditation whenever you like, whenever you feel like the well of self-gratitude is very, very empty. Whenever you feel a resistance towards giving thanks to people who've come before you, 
you know, come back to this whenever you feel kind of out of alignment and particularly in a bitter state about the disaster of yourself or the disaster of the world, taking a few moments to actively plant, you know, positive thoughts, particularly thoughts of gratitude can make a really big difference in the quality of your mind and your emotions. So let me just end now by saying thank you to you for joining this practice. Without you, I wouldn't be sitting here. And without our shared space, this energy that we feel right now would not be here. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I always say that it's uh, that I'm a teacher because of the students who come to uh, practice with me. And I really, really feel that I would have no motivation really if uh, you weren't there. So I really, really owe a deep debt to you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.